soccer fans, hello. Glad to have you on episode 20 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. We had some news this week in the European transfer window as a couple of moves and a couple of potential moves has had everybody kind of talking. We will get to all of that. We will also discuss a community quarter topic that got me curious about how it would fare here in the United States. Finally, we will end by taking a look at the Americans in Major League Soccer and who's putting the balls on the back of the net as well as setting up people to do the same. We begin first with the European transfer rumor mill, and I want to direct our focus first to a transfer fight that has picked up considerably over the past couple of days. I'm talking about Sergio Dest, who is being quartered right now by Bayern Munich and Barcelona. Two huge clubs. Dest, as you all know, is currently at Ajax, but is looking to be headed to one of the biggest clubs in the world. It just seems to be a matter of time and a matter of which one it's going to be. We have an article at Stars and Stripes FC that breaks down what each team is facing and getting Dest to come to their club. I encourage you to look at it, but really, this is huge for American players. This is huge for American soccer. It's wild that we're talking about Bayern Munich battling with Barcelona for an American player services. In Barcelona, he would have a chance to play with the arguable GOAT, Lionel Messi, and he could move into that starting right-back role in what is always a talented lineup. He would be competing for La Liga championships, Champions League titles, and Copa del Rey trophies every single year. And it is possible that he and Conrad De La Fuente could break through into that roster. Conrad De La Fuente has been getting some minutes with this first team during the preseason. And new coach Ronald Koeman, who came to Barcelona after being the national team coach for the Netherlands, has liked what he's seen in him. And he obviously loves Death's game. He recruited him while he was coach of the Dutch national team to try and be part of the Orange. He eventually, obviously, picked the United States over the Netherlands. But in Barcelona, if Des signs for him, if Conrad De La Fuente breaks through, they would be the first Americans to play for Barcelona in its history. That's major news. And if that happens, it would be a major step for American players. Now, in Bayern Munich... He would only just be joining the defending European champions, who have also won the last eight Bundesliga titles. Also an American there, Chris Richards. He's trying the best to move his way up to the first team. But the reality is, Dest would form a core fullback partnership with fellow CONCACAF guy, Alfonso Davies. Both of these guys are literally born a day apart, and they both turned 20 in November. So if these guys can form that partnership, that could last Bayern a full decade. Just imagine two CONCACAF players leading the defending European champions in Bayern Munich at left back and right back. It's almost incredible when you hear that. But this could be reality if Bayern win the chase to sign Dest. So we're going to take a look at that and keep our eyes on it because over the next couple days, it's possible we could be talking about Sergio Dest heading to the Allianz Arena or the Camp Nou. Two incredible places in Munich and Barcelona and two incredible teams. So stay tuned. Look out for that. We will have more on Dest as it comes along at Stars and Stripes FC. Another one I want to take a look at is DeAndre Yedlin. And this is one that really over the last day or so, we've heard some talk about where Yedlin could possibly go. And it could be that he's coming home to MLS. Roger Gonzalez of CBS 
has stated on Twitter uh, just yesterday that MLS teams are looking to bring DeAndre Yedlin home. He's been at Newcastle since 2016, but it seems that he is out of favor at this point with manager Steve Bruce, and he's looking for a new opportunity. You would think that Yedlin still has the tools to fit in at a club somewhere in one of the top leagues in Europe. He's 27 years old. He has six years of experience in the Premier League. He's still blistering fast, and he has the skills to be a quality right back somewhere. But it looks like MLS teams are the ones that are coveting him the most. So could a move back home to the United States be in the cards for him? Possibly. We'll wait and see what happens with that. But it'll be interesting to see as the Premier League season has started to you know, gear up. Uh, they started last week. Yellen has not played for Newcastle, and he's looking for more minutes. But I think it is quite possible that if a German team comes in or maybe even uh, someone in France, that that would be a nice destination for Yedlin. But coming home to MLS, you'll see that he'll get more money. He'll be the focal point. He'll get minutes every single week. And maybe it's more comfortable for him personally. But we'll wait and see what happens there. Finally, we have a loan that was pretty interesting that happened earlier this week. Ulysses Yanez signed a contract extension with Wolfsburg, where he currently plays, and then they loaned him out to SC Heerenveen of the Eredivisie. So he will be in the Eredivisie this year. And I'm pretty excited about this move because for a young forward, it is a great opportunity for him to get minutes and to gain confidence. The Eredivisie has been a place where forwards can go to build confidence in, in the form of scoring a lot of goals. Uh, Josie Altidore has done it a couple of times. We've seen Michael Bradley play at Hurenveen in the past. And so hopefully Yanez can make the most of this opportunity at the club where Bradley excelled 14 years ago. Exciting news for him. He, he was trying to break through. He was training with Wolfsburg uh, in the later part of the season during the restart of the Bundesliga back in May. He didn't see the field, but... I think Wolfsburg clearly has confidence in the kid, and they think that he can be a part of their long-term plans. They would not have signed him to a contract extension for another four seasons if they didn't think that he could be a major part of their future. And so they did just that. He's going to get some experience in the Eredivisie. He hopefully will score a lot of goals for here in Wien, and then he can go back to Wolfsburg and dominate. We're going to see some players move to some incredible clubs this year. We've already seen some. Weston McKinney debuts this weekend for Juventus. Hopefully he will get on the field, becoming the first American to play for that club. We have others moving to better situations. And so we'll get to see many of these guys this weekend debut because the Bundesliga is starting up. La Liga has started up. And also the EPL is also in full form. And now we get to sit back and watch and see if these guys make the most of these opportunities, the best of these new situations. And really, any experience that they're gaining now is going to help us on the national team down the road. Next up, I wanted to shift to a discussion that I thought was pretty interesting and wrote about it in this week's Community Corner. And it's about the opportunity for the United States to set up state championships. Now, this is something that is, uh, you're thinking state championships in the form of high school or maybe even middle school for soccer, football, basketball, what have you. 
this is something that's clearly part of our society uh, on the high school level or the elementary school level or whatever. But this is something on the professional level that Brazil has been doing for decades. State championships involving the professional and even sometimes semi-pro or amateur teams in a particular state. They're similarly sized to us. They have a similar amount of states. I don't think they have 50, but they have enough that each team or each state but they have enough that each state can conduct their own tournaments. And some of them even have promotion and relegation and have multiple tournaments with, with multiple levels, sort of, sort of like a nation's league within their own state. So what about this in the United States? You don't think that teams in Ohio wouldn't want to play each other? Michigan, North Carolina, Texas has so many teams, both professionally and semi-pro. Florida, you know those teams hate each other. You know they would love to claim that state's title, New York, who has a ton of teams, and California, who has more teams than can possibly make sense. For now, I think some of these states would have to involve amateur teams or semi-pro teams in various leagues to make sure that they get enough teams to make this work. And there's also the issue of schedule congestion. And I understand that you know with MLS trying to have 34 to 38 games in a season with 30 teams at, in, in a couple years. You have the U.S. Open Cup. You have Champions League, Leagues Cup. You have a lot of tournaments that they're playing. And so the idea of adding another one may not sit well with Major League Soccer teams who are trying to focus on just a couple of things, winning MLS Cup and maybe qualifying for Champions League. They don't really care about the Open Cup. At least the players don't, it seems. Uh, sometimes the teams don't take it seriously until the later rounds. I get all that. But also, teams are trying to find minutes for some of these players that they're developing, especially the young ones. And I think this would be a great opportunity to give them, A, more matches, and B, have an opportunity to win more hardware. You don't think teams wouldn't want to hoist, hoist a trophy saying that they're the best in their state? That may seem small, but for some of these teams, it means everything. For some of these teams, they may not have a chance to win U.S. Open Cup. They may not have a chance to get to Champions League. But for those teams in USL Championship and USL League One and NISA, they want to claim bragging rights over the other teams in their state. They want to let everyone know that they're the best. And this would be a great way to do it. Now, another angle for this would be the MLS2 teams. Most of them, I think, should be exempt from this. But there are a couple of question marks. For example, I live here in D.C. D.C. United is the only professional team in the district. So would they play a D.C. championship? Yes, we're trying to become a state. But right now, we're really the only team that would be qualifying for said state championship if D.C. became the 51st state of the union. But they also have Loudoun United. Their MLS2 team is based out in Loudoun County, Virginia. So should Loudoun United get a shot at the Virginia State Championship if D.C. can't play in D.C.? These are all things that you can discuss in our community quarter. We have a main topic of the week on the site every single Wednesday. So head to the website, starsandstripesfc.com, and be a part of the debate. Let us know, do you think state championships are good? Do you think they would work? And most importantly, would your team care? Coming up after the break, we will take a look at the Americans scoring goals in Major League Soccer. 
who's at the top, and why doesn't it always translate to the international level? We will discuss after this. Stars and Stripes FC podcast, and I wanted to end with looking at the list of American scorers in Major League Soccer so far this season. Now, I know that the season has been stupidly erratic with uh, starting a couple weeks, then taking a pandemic break. We had the MLS's back tournament where the group stage matches counted towards the regular season, but the knockout stage did not. And now we have reached the end of phase one of the restart, and now we're about to enter phase two, which for some teams is only three games. Most teams right now in Major League Soccer have 10 or 11 regular season matches under their belts. So I just wanted to take a look and see which players have made the biggest impact on the score sheet so far. When you take a look at the number of goals and who's leading on that list, the name at the top for Americans is one that probably gives off a visceral response for most fans, but you cannot deny he's been killing it this season. Giassi Sardis. He has eight goals. He's tied for second in the entire league plays for the Columbus crew, and has been knocking in eight goals in ten games. That is a really good clip. I don't care where you play. Eight goals in ten games, any player would take that. Any fan should want that on their team. Also doing well for the Seattle Sounders is Jordan Morris. He has six goals, also has five assists, the leading American in assists. Chris Mueller, a guy who starred at MLS's back tournament, helping Orlando City all the way to the final, he has six goals on the season with also four assists. Ayo Akinola also had a breakout performance at MLS's back tournament. He has five goals on the season. And then there's a few guys at four. Sebastian Legette of the LA Galaxy. Teal Boombury. Yeah, Teal Boombury. He has four. Jeremy Abobase has four. Kyrie Shelton. And the guy who has the most goals in MLS history, Chris Wondolowski. Chris Wondolowski is still doing it. I don't know how he's doing it. But the man's still getting it done. And on the assist side, we have Corey Baird and Dax McCarty. Both have four assists. So there's a lot of guys that are doing really well. But when you see those names, you hear a lot of those names, and you're like, oh, not that guy. I don't want him on the national team. Because sometimes on the national team, that doesn't translate. Jassy Zardes starts many games for the national team. But it's not like he's pumping in goals at a rate that he's doing for the Columbus crew. Jordan Morris, he led the league or Jordan Morris, he led the United States in goals scored last year. But he had kind of a rough year. It was really the last part of 2019 where he started to turn it on, same as he did for the Seattle Sounders. Chris Mueller hasn't really sniffed the national team. Ayoakanola hasn't had that opportunity, but now he has a chance where maybe Canada's going after him, maybe the United States might bring him in if there are games. He is a guy that's going to be a player to watch. He's been on the U.S. Uh, youth teams, and he's starred there. Now he's doing well for Toronto FC with Josie Altador going coming back. Does that mean that Akinola hits the bench, or will they find out a way for him to also be on the field and both of them score goals? Because both of them are doing it right now for Toronto FC, and Toronto FC is one of the best teams in the league so far. Jeremy Bobasay, another guy who has just been dominant at times for the Portland Timbers. Everything that he touches sometimes goes into the net, it feels. And he has been a guy that's on the rise and should be getting looks. But when it comes to these guys in Major League Soccer, and really you could t- 
take that for any any guy who is a forward. The confidence level is there. So we need to figure out a way to translate that to the national team so that these guys can score goals. And that's really all about putting these guys in the situations where they can succeed the way that they do with their club teams. For Zardes, who came up in a similar system, uh, he played under Greg Berhalter at the Columbus Crew. He understands what that system is, and he's done well in it. Jordan Morris has figured out a way to score goals on, a, on the international level. And Sebastian Legette has also been a guy that has factored in all, going all the way back to 2017 before he got injured. And at the end of the day, you have to take all these pieces. You want to make this player pool as strong as possible so that when we reach World Cup qualifying at some point in 2021, you have guys that are confident and at the top of their game, no matter where they're playing, whether it's MLS or abroad. So you want to see Americans on this list. When you look at the top 10 of scores in the Major League Soccer and assists, all the major categories, you want to see Americans populating that list. In a league that's trying to get more talent from overseas to come in as designated players, you're expecting them to perform. But you also want the Americans to show that this is our league too and that they can perform under the lights, under the pressure. And we see some of that so far. And hopefully that confidence can shift to the national team whenever they finally get together again. And that's going to do it for episode 20 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. We got more soccer on this weekend. We got the Bundesliga. We got La Liga. We got Serie A. We could see Weston McKinney's debut with Juventus on Sunday, which is super exciting. And there'll probably be some more news to discuss next week. So if you have questions or you have topic suggestions, please do not hesitate to send them to me at ssfcpodcast at gmail.com. And we will mention them whenever we get them. But until next week, I will talk to you soon. Take care.